Adelaide. Javier. Guess what? What? We get to do another episode of Dynamite. Woohoo! <laughs> do you have anything you want to tell me that you like this week? Um, sure. What people don't know is that I cannot garden. I do not have a green thumb. I have a black thumb. <laughs> so th- this week, I've planted some plants in the front of my house, and they are still alive. Nice. Congratulations. For a week. Ooh. Personal best. Are they thriving in any way? Thriving. Nice. Then I guess I like that for you as well. Thank you. What I like is more of a speculative like. Okay. Uh, you see, I had a, a lunch with uh, a couple people, and I may be adding another podcast. To the We Like What We Like family? To the We Like What We Like family. Excellent. I think it could be. So I'm going to like based on hope. <laughs> okay. I like that sensation. Like I said to you, you know, last week, I like the sensation of the expectation of what could happen. I like it very much. Yeah. This is We Like What We Like. My name is Javier Augusto. With me, as always, is Adelaide Laurie. Hello, everyone. Now, tonight, we're going to do some dynamite. We're going to see what happens, and then we're going to let you all know. Sounds like a plan. My boy, Eddie Kingston with Tony Schiavone in the back. I was waiting to hear what he had to say, but he was rudely interrupted by people I could not remember their names. I am openly shaking my head at you. I don't know why. I've said it time and time again. I don't remember names very well. I'm not shaking my head at you because the random guys that are on Dynamite once every month, every other month, you don't remember. I'm not talking about that. No, I'm talking about, I'm shaking my head at the, my boy, Eddie Kingston and Tony Shivani in the back. Come on. Eddie Kingston will always be my boy. <laughs> I love being entertained. Adelaide, I swear. I don't care how, I, I know. I'm entertained. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tony Schiavone is about to ask Eddie Kingston, if I'm not mistaken, tell me if I'm wrong here, but I believe that Tony Schiavone is about to ask Eddie Kingston about his match against uh, CM Punk and whether or not he feels that that's a satisfactory conclusion, his emotions about that. But before he gets a chance to say anything, 2.0, by the way, come out, Matt and Jeff from 2.0 come out with Daniel Garcia. Ah. Uh, uh, Daniel Garcia, please remember that boy's name. He will be one of the greats. Not if he's hanging out with 2.0. 2.0 is amazing. Okay, but my point is, Eddie had the same thing to say, because he's like, because you let these two people call you son, and that's embarrassing. And uh, Daniel Garcia's like, yeah, you know who I am. You know where I'm from. You know what's up. And Eddie Kingston, I think, was trying to set up a promo, but he got right up in Daniel's face, put head-to-head, which is a very street-level thing. And Daniel Garcia looks like a baby face, but he ain't. He ain't going to take it. So he pushes him. They, they shove each other. And then Eddie walks off. He's like, forget this. I'm going to catering. That's right. <laughs> Which is funny. Funny, good stuff. By saying that phrase, in my opinion, he's saying me going and getting something to eat is more important than me dealing with your young, meaningless promo on me. You yeah. think that because Danielson beat me and CM Punk beat me that you can beat me. That ain't how that works. 
Right, but the problem is, and here's where my storytelling problem comes in. What problem? This is tight. <laughs> okay. If you have two men who in the previous weeks have been saying that you cared more about doing whatever other than honing your craft in, in the major big promo. Mm-hmm. With, yeah, the, one of the greatest promos of all time. Right. So now him saying, I have better things to do than to talk to you, and, when, and that better thing is eating? I feel like his little off-color comment about going to catering instead of talking to 2.0 and is Daniel now... Garcia. What? And Daniel Garcia. Sure. Don't, da- don't, don't ignore that. That kid's going to be amazing. And Daniel Garcia mm-hmm. is, is, is tainted. It's not as funny as it could have been. It's not as sharp as it could have been because there is now a stigma attached to him that he would rather be eating than working on his craft. I do not like that comment because I feel like it would have been better if they, it's that, I'm telling you, it's that narrative that I said will bite you in the ass. Anything you do now that's not, I I didn't like it and this is the reason. I think you're reading way too much into this. It's not as good of a line as it could have been. Because it has a negative connotation to it. it. Rather than being a go F yourself, I have things better to do. It's a, I'd rather be eating than working on my craft. That's what I hear in my head because that's what they sold. He was doing I a backstage care. interview. What could he have been working on? <laughs> okay. Okay. So what was next? The Butcher and the Blade. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Butcher and the Blade. You know, Company of the Ring by Matt Hardy and... The Bunny, who's super funny and swears way too much, but she's funny. Versus Orange Cassidy, newest member of Chaos, mm-hmm. and Tomihiro Ishii, the never open weight champion, member of Chaos, and phenomenal tough guy wrestler. So they have a that I mean they have a barn burner. That's a good match. My first like I'm going to tell you right now is Orange Cassidy getting to do all his comedy stuff in yet this very serious aggressive match. Mm-hmm. It was that was my first like of that that match was the uh, comedy in the very beginning the teamwork comedy with um, Ishii and Orange Cassidy because Orange Cassidy is funny. Now I don't know if my second like and your second like are going to be the same, but I'm pretty much sure it's. <laughs> I gonna don't think be, I don't think it is. I think it mine's is. cheating. So no, I think I, I think I think mine is your is going to be the same as your like. I haven't looked on your page. Okay. But I know what my second like is, and my second like is absolutely. Orange Cassidy looking like he's going to have a long, hard slog to get the tag to Tomohiro Ishii and then gets pulled back into the bad guy corner by the blade, does a quick flip over, and then just walks over, holding his back, just nonchalantly walks over and tags his partner. (laughs) It goes, it is directly attached to your dislike of the long, drawn-out, Oh, I can't get there. Yes, which he I, started to do, and then you know, they did pull him back. Yeah, because I mean, he's just brilliant. I absolutely love that. That was that was. <laughs> that so was my second like. My second like is Orange Cassidy. Period. Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In part. In part. In part. Uh, so, what was your third like? Uh, my third leg was when um, Ishii was in the corner with the the butcher, 
the butcher had him in the corner and he was falling and you know the announcers were selling the fact that oh okay these these hits and these kicks are getting to him and then it was like he was awakened like oh that's just one too many and now I need to beat you into submission and like he pushed him without really touching him just kind of body checked the butcher to the other side of the ring in the other corner just that that was fun to watch uh yeah so for me it was the end of the match you got the uh the uh the bunny tosses the nux to the blade blade goes to hit ishii gets countered ishii hits this delayed brain buster which i'm gonna tell you that when ishii does that delayed brain buster you'd think no one has ever delivered a delayed brain buster if you hear this commentary team like oh my god <laughs> but it was it was actually it was a lot of fun even the fans actually bought it they're like yeah that's gonna be the end yeah it was good it was a solid 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 finish it was fun it was entertaining it was good wrestling definitely um it was good was there a promo after this Oh, yep. They had uh, Tony Schiavone with Andrade and FTR in the back with uh, Tully. And Jose. Oh, and Jose. Sorry. That's all right. So, by the way, you told me his name was Juan. I know. I've been saying Juan Juan. for like four episodes, and it's definitely not. And then it's Jose. So, I want everyone to understand. I've said this from the beginning. I do not know anybody's (laughs) names unless you've impressed me. So, that's his fault. It's entirely my fault. I take it back. (laughs) I don't know moves. I don't know names. I'm so, here for I'm here for the commentary. I get that uh, FTR and uh, Andrade aren't done with Cody and uh, Pac. Well, that's unfortunate. It seems that they want to add the Lucha Brothers to the mix, and they'll get Malachi Black, and they'll just do an eight-man tag. Mm, that's unfortunate. I yeah, I don't know that this storyline has too much left in it. I don't think there's too much air left in these sales. Yeah. I think maybe they got a match or two left in it, and I think that probably we've gone past our sell-by date. On I this. feel like this was an uh, accident on the highway, and the police are shooing people along, going, nothing to see here. Move along, folks. Keep going. Get to a better destination. This is not where you came out for a drive for. I, okay, I see what you're going with here. The way you set that up made me a little confused at your premise, but I, I see what you <laughs> went with there. I, I tell you, yeah, you know, I think that we've probably missed the the critical mass on this particular storyline. I think we're we're past this. I think. Well, I kept thinking this is all to make it so that people don't boo Cody. If you're teaming yourself up with likable characters like the Lucha Brothers and Pac, who's just amazing to watch, then people aren't going to boo you. But they're still going to boo you because now you're the you're the booable character. Yeah, you're wearing your best shoes. They're Louis Vuitton's red, red bottom shoes, and you step in shit. And so you're still the shit on the bottom of a good shoe. I don't know what to tell you. They're still gonna boo you. There, you need to make other changes. This is not gonna fix. Well, regardless, you're gonna need to take a month off. You, you gotta at least get away from TV so people can, yeah. yeah, so people can can miss you. And Tully said something about Arn. I'm not sure. I stopped listening because I just it's painful. He said to Arn, if you stick your nose in, I'm not like this kid over here, Jose. I got one good, more good match left in me. Yeah. I but, didn't miss anything. No, you didn't miss anything. <laughs> Again, Arn could sit on Tully and Tully's going to break. <laughs> Let's be real. I'm, I'm Besides, gonna tell you, Arn has a, has a Glock, so Tully's done for. 
Oh, Lord. <sighs> well, we're going to see what happens next on that note, and we'll get back to you. Ty Conti is the first up to tell us how she didn't lose, she learned. And that uh, she's not starting from the bottom, but she's starting from experience. So she isn't going to face Britt Baker anytime soon. Not sure what was that about, actually. She was saying that, you know, when you, when you, because AEW doesn't do automatic rematches. So if you lose a title shot, you've got to go to the bottom of the rankings. Well, not necessarily the bottom of the rankings, but you're immediately knocked out of the top five. Right. And she's. She said she's, you know, going to be the next to be the women's world champion because she learned from losing against Britt Baker. But what if Britt Baker is not the champion by the time she gets back up there? No, she didn't say that. She said the next time she has a title shot, she's oh. going to leave it as the as the AEW women's champion. Got it. And then we had Britt Baker. D M D. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, it's not, it's not about me. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the spotlight and put it on my girl Jamie Hader, who's going, who's in the tournament for the TBS championship belt, women's championship belt. That was essentially. I don't think they call it a women's title. I think they call it just the TBS championship. Oh, okay. Well, that's which is kind of cool, actually. That's fine I, with me. Yeah, I think that's kind of a win, really. Yeah, um, and then yeah. that. She's, she's firmly putting herself behind Jamie Hayter, saying she's going to win. She's going to be your first and next TBS champion. Right, but then when they did the DMD, she still didn't do the little hand movements. And Rebel kind of like nudged her like, hey, dude, what's up? <laughs> I like that. I do, too. I, I like that there, if Jamie Hayter wins, which, no. If Jamie Hayter wins the TBS championship then that could automatically start a program champion versus champion, you know, Jamie Hayter versus Britt Baker. I like the way that could work. Although, how would you do it? It's heel versus heel at that point because there's no way Jamie Hayter goes face. Oh, no. That's Jam- a terrible Jamie idea. Jamie Hayter's not winning the tournament. She's totally not, but she's no. definitely not go face anytime soon either. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, honestly, who do you got right now? Because Nyla Rose is the first match that we talk about next, right? Yes. That was after this promo. I'm sorry. Honestly, it was a quick promo. It, doesn't it was. Both it, of them were pretty quick. Doesn't really need a lot to talk about. Right. I thought that the uh, Hikaru Shida Nyla Rose match was very good. They yeah. did a good job. They got time. They went 15, 16 minutes, something like that. Yeah. Unfortunately, a good eight minutes of it, six. No, I'm sorry. I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. I apologize. Let me take that back. <laughs> A good five, six minutes of it was done in picture in picture. Yeah. Which is so upsetting. I mean, it happens. I know, but it was a good match leading. It was a slow roll match. They were building to something and then they went to picture in picture. And I think a lot of the storyline, I think the end of the second act and beginning of the third act of the match were told in picture in picture, which we got to get a subscription to something that allows us to avoid. I was just going to say. Commercials. If all of our listeners would tell their friends and we get up to 50, then we will, there's two things that'll happen. I will do everything like this. For one match. Right. And we will spend the money on whatever 
cable channel thingy that you buy so there is no picture in picture so that you guys don't have to hear how you're complaining about it anymore. I am a little bit whiny about it. I know it sounds like salt and vinegar chips when I get like this, but man, is that annoying. So what did you like about this? What was your number one? I like that Hikaru Shida was, uh, had, had visible tape on the knee, which she keeps under. She, it's the knee that she keeps in the, the lace side of her getup. Right. But there's visible tape. Right. You know that she's not 100. She's not jumping with the pop. It's a subtle thing to not get the pop with your jump. Right. So that is something that you got to give credit when you're selling it like that. Now, if she has a legit injury, then bully for her, but she doesn't. And it's fantastic work to watch her work like this. It really is good work. Uh, The match was solid. My first like is Hikaru Shida selling her knee properly. Um, mine is actually Nyla acknowledging the crowd yelling Sheeta, 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 let's go Sheeta, um, when she was on the outside, like she's listening going, I'm like, what's up with me? Why are you not chanting my name? And I really liked that. It was a different touch that I haven't seen from her. So it was, I liked it. Yeah, I get what you're saying there. She, uh, acknowledged that, it, you know, there's, you know, she, she's being the heel to the crowd as well, which is good. Yes. Right. I dig that. Uh, then we had my second like, which is definitely how strong. I mean, Nyla Rose, this is probably the best match she's wrestled in a while. I, I mean, I've, of course, it is the quality of partner. And when you have experience with a partner, you get more out of it. It was definitely solid, though. Yeah, for sure. My second one is my second and third one. So I'm going to do both at the same time because it was in the same little vignette in their in their match this is on the outside of the ring mm-hmm. um when Sheeta pulls a chair out and so she's gonna do that jumping kicky thingy oh the launch pad thing she does she uses the chair as a launch pad yeah. right so she pulls out the chair but she doesn't get to use it mm-hmm. and then nyla sits her sits Sheeta on the chair and then gets up on the rope and it's gonna you know like land on Sheeta while she's sitting on the chair um but then Sheeta moves and and nyla just crushes that chair like, destroys that chair. And her back. And her back. It was good. Uh, and then that led into um, Vicky Guerrero being on the same side of the ring. And she's been um, using the kendo stick against um, Sheeta mm-hmm. for the first part of the match. So then, Correct. so Nyla is off, you know, recuperating and Vicky gets involved and then Sheeta gets the kendo stick. I mean, Sheeta gets the kendo stick from Vicky and then starts pummeling her, which I thought. I thought that was entertaining as well. Yeah. It didn't shut her up, which is unfortunate. Well, but. I mean, I, I've now gotten to the point where Vicky's screaming is now nostalgic for me. So I, yeah. I listen to it happily. Yeah. Uh, and no, but my third like is actually a run-in, which, you know, a lot of run-ins will just leave me cold. I'm just not a fan of run-ins in the middle of matches that like that'll hurt things because people will do distractions or they'll do a little poke to the eye or something. Man, it's Serena Deep, the person who took out Sheeta's knee giving her a chop block and taking out her knee again. Yeah. Which I absolutely love. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, So that was all three of mine. That was all three of mine. Yeah. And that was the whole match, really. It was a good, solid match. It was. You know, Nyla Rose wins with the stretch muffler, which is a, a, a finisher you don't get very often. That's a not standing a one, which they put over. It was a standing yeah. one. Well, you have to be pretty strong to do a standing stretch <laughs> muffler. It, it's good. But plus, Sheeta's knee's already messed up. 
She gets the stretch muffler on that knee. Sheeta maybe lasted two seconds before she started tapping out and screaming. So it was yeah. really good. It was good. It was a good match, top to bottom. Um, even with Nyla Rose in there, who I'm not a big fan of, but I thought it was good. Yeah, it was solid. Yeah. And then we went into um, a promo with Malachi Black, who was talking about his eight-man tag wrestling match with um, FTR and Andrade against Cody, Pac, and the Lucha Brothers. And he was just saying how he's going to turn the air to toxicity. And it was really good. It was really good. I just liked the last line. And I, do you want to say it or do you want me oh, to Oh, I, I went ahead and read it, wrote it down. I okay, it right. so his last line of this a promo, it was awesome. <laughs> I wasn't ready for the moment. It was too big a moment <laughs> the, for me. The moment was too big. And it was deep breaths, my friends, while oxygen is still on your side. Yeah. I mean, he's setting up the poison mist, which is great. Yeah. But man, oh freaking man. He's good. <laughs> what a line. That line might be my quote in a book somewhere that I might write a book someday, Adelaide, just so <laughs> that I could put that as a quote from Malachi Black. <laughs> that would be lovely. It's a very good quote. Yeah. Um, which then led us to MJF coming out to the ring to do a promo dressed um, for success instead of just after a match. So he gets two promos in this. Right, exactly, episode. yeah. This promo was a simple one. It's a victory lap promo. I beat Darby. I'm as good as I say I am. And uh, I can take any one of those guys out that I want. And I want, uh, I could take your, speaking to the crowd in Virginia, I could take your hometown horse and... Uh, you know, so, take it straight to the glue fa right. factory. Right. So. He says, there's no one in that locker room on my level. I'm better than everybody. I'm the past, present, and future of wrestling. I am the best. And then CM Punk's music hits. Dun, 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 dun. That was horrible. Yeah, it was really bad, but I'm keeping it. That's staying in. <laughs> <laughs> and so he makes it out. Slow walks it to the ring. Very slow walks into the ring. Let's the crowd just enjoy the moment. Yeah, shut yeah. the fuck up chance for MJF. Holy shit chance. CM Punk chance. It, it, it went really well. Yeah. It took about three minutes, all, to, all told. Yeah, from stage to in the ring. And here's the part of the storyline that I liked. It's MJF looking at CM Punk. And at this point, someone always blinks first in a stare down. MJF blinked first. Yeah. Puts his hand out. Says, Maxwell. And CM Punk laughs at him. CM Punk laughed at him and walked out. Didn't shake his hand. Nope. So does that mean he's going to fight him? Does They're that mean definitely he gonna fight he's each a other. joke? I love the narrative. I love it. CM Punk thinks Max is a joke. And that's what's going on. Yep. I think it's fantastic. Right. So we're going to see what happens next and we'll get back to you guys. Uh, you forgot something. What did I forget? Tony and Darby. Tony Schiavone is in the parking lot with Darby Allen, and he's talking about Darby saying, you know, he's not going to stop wrestling. He wants, he's going to want a rematch eventually, but he wants to just keep wrestling. He wants the best of the best, the strongest, the biggest, the fastest. And out in comes the guns, Billy, Austin, and the other one. Austin and Colton. Colton. That's the other tall one. 
Yeah, whatever. So Billy, <laughs> Billy I know Gunn. Billy Gunn. Austin's just lucky I remembered his name. Count yourself lucky, kid. <laughs> I know Billy Gunn. He's the ass man. Okay. So Billy Gunn looks at Darby Allen. He says, oh my God, I'm sorry. I couldn't help but over here. But uh, you're obviously talking about me because right. I am the biggest and I am the baddest in AEW now. So he's going for the whole badass Billy Gunn thing. Yeah, That's yeah. funny. It's funny. And he's huge. I mean, it's true. He's freaking huge. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. So Darby Allen, Billy Gunn. I think it's a good narrative because Billy Gunn is massive and Darby Allen's going to bump like crazy and just yeah. flop all over the place. It's going to be great. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it, actually. The second part was um, Colton saying, don't forget your skateboard. Giving him a little wink in the, there you go. And then Austin leans in, puts his hands in the way that Darby sets them up with the sort of crossing in front of him and says, I like turtles. I'm sorry. It's a YouTube meme. Adelaide has not seen it. I'm going to show it to her right after the show. So it's one of those, if you know, you know. Exactly. And <laughs> and what we know is we'll be right back to tell you what we just saw. <laughs> Absolutely. So I need to apologize. I forgot to say something in the last segment, and I know you guys missed it. So I just want to I just want to do this. Hashtag free Wardlow. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he was there I in got the it. ring. All right. Yeah. And but... We didn't mention him or Sean Spears, who, by the way, brought out his chair, who's the love of his life. And he sat down and started eating a candy I... bar. You got to love that. You just got to love that. So this segment started with um, the Young Bucks and Adam Cole uh, talking to Brandon holding a camera. Correct. Which I think is hysterical. That's what Brandon does. He records. <laughs> and so Adam Cole said he's tired of the Jurassic Friends um, and that that was the worst night of their lives. And the Young Bucks agreed. Oh, my kids were watching. You tried Not to kill that. me on pay-per-view. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> Matt Jackson says, yeah, and you you tried, you hit me in the head with a chair, you tried to kill me, you had to, tried to end my life on pay-per-view, my kids are watching with the popcorn, and then you hit me in the head with a chair, you tried to end my life on pay-per-view. Yeah, it was pretty funny. So he was, uh, he's still out of it. Right. Adam Cole comes in and says, yeah, Matt's not cleared to wrestle, and of course, if you're watching it, of course not. And Nick, Nick's not cleared to wrestle either. Right. So he's like, that's okay, though. I'm going to bring in some Bobby Fish. Yep. And we're challenging Luchasaurus and the Jungle Boy. And Bobby Fish almost said that that was undisputed, which would have been the wrong gimmick. Well, and it I was mean, hilarious. It was hilarious. It was <laughs> funny. And I, I wonder if this is going to lead to something where he's like, my best friend in the whole world, Bobby Fish. Yeah, Bobby Fish is going to get betrayed by Adam Cole. Duh. I'm that's, just saying. That's what's setting that up. They're going to betray Adam Cole. <laughs> that, they're going to betray Bobby Fish. Okay. Bobby and Fish is a patsy in this. It's it's a shame, but Bobby Fish is a damn good wrestler. He's going to be good on his own. I bet. I bet. I um, bet. I'll tell you right now, this is what I see. Frank Kazarian, Bobby Fish as a tag team. Oh, good God. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Two journeymen that are phenomenal wrestlers just in the ring together. Right. So then the next thing was a match between Leo Rush um, and Dante Martin uh, versus the acclaimed. No? 
Yeah, no, that, that was good. That good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I thought it was really good. I love this match. I thought it was super, super entertaining. Yeah, my first like is that when Dante Martin got to start the match this time, Dante Martin started the match. Well, actually, let's go back before the match started. You got the acclaim doing their little rap. Uh, Max Caster says that, you know, they're in Virginia, but both these guys are virgins. And Leo Rush then says, I got three kids, <laughs> yeah. which was fantastic for me. And then uh, they both did a dive uh, out, out of the ring to hit the acclaim. They came back in. Um, Anthony Bowens came in. They rang the bell. The match started. So my first like is really just that these guys, when they get going, it's on. You know they're going to have a good match. Right. My first, ma my first match, my first like is um, almost the same. But it's more of the... Um, Right before the match starts, where uh, Bowen says, "We are, um, we are the, the the acclaim have arrived." Correct. And then they got speared, both of them, um, by Dante and Leo. And I usually don't give credit to the announcers, but this one was funny. And I think it was Jr. that says the acclaimed are on their asses, and I thought that was funny. So that was my first like. I think it was Shivani. Oh, was it? I think it was. You may be right. It might have been JR. To yeah. me, it sounded like Shivani. Doesn't matter. You could have probably be right about that. But it was so that. fast. It's like, the acclaimed have arrived. And they got speared. Boom. And then it was, the acclaimed are on their asses. I thought the timing was amazing. So. It was really good. It yeah. was really good. Then again, uh, you know, you've got Dante Martin, who everybody's talking about how he's a blue chipper, how he's super talented. But it, it's honestly, it's... It's a meme I need to make for people to understand how great it is. It's, it's as if Gravity asked Dante Martin if, uh, you know, they could go steady. And Dante Martin's like, nah, you know, Gravity, you're kind of my side chick. I don't <laughs> because know. Because he's, if, if, and I said this, Pac is the man who Gravity forgot. Dante Martin is the man that said no to Gravity. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm good, Gravity. Like, I'm I say that own. every time. I say every time. He looks like he's floating. He does. He he looks honestly. I wonder if he has to wear weights when he in his normal life because he is in the air most of the time. It's yeah. fantastic. It's like he's asking gravity to bring him down. Okay, you can let me down now. I swear. Really? You know what? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Dante Martin killing it. Uh, yeah. So really, it's the athleticism is my second like. It's just everybody and Leo Rush. I mean, he, okay, Orange Cassidy lets everyone know that you don't actually have to run the ropes. Right. Leo Rush makes it, looks like, like, makes it look like you have to run the ropes, but somehow he has found a way to get out of that and turn left instead of going straight forward. It's amazing to watch. I have figured it out. Go. And this match allowed me to figure it out. Go. So my second leg kind of goes with, with yours a little bit. I liked the misdirection dance that they did, um, Dante and Leo, in the beginning where they were just using the ropes. And it was that point where I was watching him. And you know what Leo Rush is? Leo Rush is the quickness of Pac with the smoothness of Dante in the same moments. Like he, he's jerky jerky, 
really quick and then it's like a smooth slide to the end of whatever movement he was just doing. He's like both of them together. He's a hybrid. Which makes him like so much fun to watch. He is so much fun to watch. I don't think people, you know what? They slipped on him. They slept on Leo Rush and how great he was. <laughs> Hell, Max Caster made the joke that they liked him better as a, as a manager. <laughs> and I'm going to be honest with you. Nah. Nah. Leo Rush as a wrestler is magnificent i don't know if they slept on him i i I do think he's probably a handful to deal with um but his wrestling if he's able to do what he wants to do which, which is what i think is happening um currently with him being able to do his own narrative talk to to them and say what he wants to do and follow through with it and be a bigger part of the show i think that works for his personality um, and I don't have a problem for people fighting for how good they think they are if they're that good. And so being able to watch him wrestle the way he's doing it right now is just, it's delightful. It's really good. Absolutely. Now, my third like is actually after the match. Oh. So if you have a third like that's in the match, you I can do yours. Go. So during the picture in picture and a little bit after, the acclaimed kept Dante Martin in the corner and they kept tagging back and forth, back and forth, but keeping Dante Martin in the corner and not letting him do his high flying act um, was, I thought very inventive. I thought they worked well. It was fun to watch them do it. Um, And then when he finally gets out of the corner, like he has kicked them both in such a way that they land one in front of the other. And so they also listened to this podcast because it wasn't a slow crawl over to the corner to tag Leo. He used their backs to leapfrog across the ring to tag in Leo Rush. And I thought that was amazing. Yeah, Leo Rush then used, he used uh, Anthony Bowens, who was still down on all fours, as a launch pad. So he could do a Hurricane Rana on Max Caster. Right. Fantastic stuff. Right. That brings us to the end of the match. They ended, which, hey, uh, the the double springboard moonsault now has a name. Well, they've been calling it that for a while. Did it have a different name? What? The double moonsault whatever? The double springboard moonsault now has a name. What's the name? The nosedive. Oh. That's what Excalibur called it twice. So that's the name of the move now. I won't remember that. I will. <laughs> and then Leo Rush hits a frog splash, right? It's the D'Lo Brown frog splash that he hit. And it's really, really, he hits it really lovely. Best since, since D'Lo Brown hit it. So the end of the match is really what brings me to this. Is Team Taz comes out and starts speaking to Dante. They say, hey, Leo, you know, our condolences for the loss of your grandmother and all that. But this isn't, we didn't speak to him because we were trying to disrespect you. This is business. You're a businessman. You understand. Now, Dante Martin is somebody that we want. And it's got nothing to do with you. We're not, you know, we're not trying to be mean to you. Ricky, uh, absolute Ricky Starks says, yeah, you know, Hobbs has been with us for a year. He's had a, a look at him. Now you've got a chance. You can sign, you can come with Team Taz and you have a chance for a Hall of Fame worthy career or a mediocre one. And I thought to myself, 
and this is my like. I like that Ricky Starr sold it that way because I, I look at, at Hobbs and I think to myself, that's a guy that really has been elevated by being a part of Team Taz. He was a, I mean, he's a, he would have been just a regular big man in somebody else's promotion. He would have never really gotten over, not for another few years, anywhere else. They would have kept him, oh, he's a big man. You make him job out some people. You make him hit some big spots and stuff. But he never would have gotten over. So Team Taz has really taken Hobbs and actually put him somewhere where he can gain some, I don't know, maybe longevity or some real prestige for his career. And that's it's just what I'm thinking there. Sure. So my like is that, you know, Team Taz, yes, Hobbs has not been a champion. Doesn't need to be. Not yet. He's young. I think, though, that it has actually brought real, like, attention to Hobbs and Ricky Starks. I think it's actually been a pretty good thing. I think Ricky Starks might have gotten his attention anyway without it, but it's definitely helped Hobbs. So that's right. my third like is that that was kind of, it's meta, but in, in kind of kayfabe, but it actually is true. Right. So Leo Rush and Dante Martin got the win on this match, and it was um, it was good, top to bottom, good match. Yes, it was. Um, which then lead us to Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus um, talking about um, how Full Gear wasn't the worst night of their lives; it was their redemption, and that maybe someone, I guess Adam Cole, never heard "Don't bring a fish to a fist fight." Sure. Okay. I think Christian Cage was trying to do a play on words. Well, he did do a play he on did words. Do, but I'm not but sure I it think worked. he was trying to do like a hey kind of I can take what you give me and turn it around into another promo. I don't think that's his strength, so you should probably not do that. But it was yeah. funny. I mean, if you're trying to pop the guys in the back, then it works great. Yeah, and then Jungle Boy had his little say. He, he's getting much, much better on the mic. Much um, better. He Truth. was just saying he's he might have shaved his face, but he's still tough on the inside and still is going to beat the crap out of him. And then Luchasaurus did his little dinosaur thing. Which is interesting because Luchasaurus used to speak more, and he's not bad on a promo, so I wonder why he hasn't been speaking lately. I think they're just trying to push Jungle Boy at this point. Mm. Okay. And, and look, I love Luchasaurus, so whenever he starts speaking or doesn't speak, I don't care. He's yeah. great in the ring, Agreed. so we're good. Agreed. And then I will let you do the Lucha Brothers um, because I think you understood more of it than I did. <laughs> well, actually, Alex Abrahante's translation was perfect. It was. So, no, yes. it really was. It wasn't, I'm not even being sarcastic. Um, oh, um, I, I have a fourth like of the match. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. I, I, I skipped it, but I'm just going to put it in here real quick. Okay. And that is that I got to see the pro wrestling legend Hook, and it always makes me happy. That wasn't a match. That was after. I said, yeah, that was because of the match. I got to see the pro wrestling legend Hook. He's messing with you people. I, I really love Hook. Okay. Okay. All right, so the Lucha Brothers did a promo against um, FDR, Andrade, and Malachi Black, and how uh, they, along with Pac, are the triangle? Death the triangle. Death triangle. Yeah, death triangle. Yes. I'm, I'm basking for a second. Give me a moment. They are the death triangle, and... With Cody Rhodes, they're the best four wrestlers out there, and the in the universe, in the universe, and that they're pathetic. Um, FTR and the rest of the gang are just pathetic losers who always have to cheat to win. I paraphrased. You did. You do. You, you actually buried that story a little bit. Uh, I said you'd do it. I did. I would. I would. You, you found <laughs> it. You needed to have it. I wasn't going to stop you. 
You wanted to bask. Let your bask happen. <laughs> Penta says, FTR, quit your crying. You guys tried to cheat to win, but you're so pathetic and you suck so bad you couldn't even do that right. That's what he said. Oh. And then, you know, Ray Fenix did say, you know, that with Cody, they're the best four wrestlers in the universe. And now, after that promo, I will lean on your belief that they're trying to put Cody in with four, you know, over superstars to try and get him cheered. They are. I, however, since the death triangle is very established in their ways, I almost feel like Malachi Black would fit there better <laughs> than Cody Rhodes. Well, no, because Malachi's going to be the leader of the House of Black. So. I don't think the, the House of Black is going to have a leader. I don't think that that's a real thing. I think oh, he might I be do. the face of the House of Black. But I don't think the House of Black is going to have a traditional leader structure. Mark my words on this one. This one's going to be an interesting one. We shall see. And then we got... That's it. We shall see. You set that up wrong. I didn't. You didn't catch it right. Oh, okay. So we're going to see... We shall see now? We shall see. So we're doing Shakespeare. Got it. Cool. That's a play on your let's let it play out thing. But then I was doing it. A double entendre. We shall see what happens next. And get Is that back how you to say you. that? Double entendre? No, it's a double entendre. I mean, I don't speak Italian. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to watch the final match and we'll be we're back. We're going to watch the main event. We're going to get back to you guys. Adelaide, another dynamite main event. Yes, sir. We had Sammy Guevara facing off against Jay Lethal. Which is my first Jay Lethal match, by the way. Yeah, that was not the best Jay Lethal match he's had. It wasn't even in the top five of best Jay Lethal matches. It was good. It's a good showcase match. Yeah, Tony Nese in the crowd again. I don't know what the heck the deal is with Tony Nese being in the crowd all these times. He hasn't had a single match. I don't get what's going on with the, I the Tony I think they're going to sign him, and I think he's going to uh, go for the um, TNT title against Sammy Guevara, and I think he's going to win. I think that was the whole point of the promo. Of, I'm going to be the first one to... Jay Lethal did a promo. Of, I'm going to be the first one to come in and win gold on my first match. And that didn't happen. Sorry. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what's going to happen with... What's his name? Adelaide, I'm going to tell you that I had a couple of good likes. I, I love the athleticism. I enjoy watching good matches, good narratives... My nostalgia button got well and truly pressed because of me getting to see Jay Lethal, who I absolutely love. I think he's one of the best wrestlers out there. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a real big dislike. So if you got some likes, go ahead and throw them out. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, I like the beginning exchange. I thought it was quick and smooth and very wrestly. Yes. Um, I like that the crowd. So I'm going to just go through my likes then and then you can. I guess. Go yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. yeah go so my second one is I like the support for both wrestlers from the crowd. They were chanting, let's go Sammy, let's go Lethal. Um, I thought that was amazing because they obviously know more about him than I do, which is awesome, which they should because I'm very new at all of this. And then by the end of the, all of the chants, it was the AEW chants and, and you guys can wrestle forever, wrestle forever, wrestle forever, which 
I thought it was nice. I think they both did a good job um, with the wrestling. I thought it was too long. Um, other than that, though, it was it was a good match. Um, I did like the punches exchange towards the end, um, and then everything that followed until they went out of the ring. I didn't like anything that happened out of the ring, and then when they got back in the ring, I like most of what happened back in the ring. It was good. I, I it was good. What what's up with you? It is one spot which I never see often enough to say. I absolutely hate this spot. It should never be in a match. Mm-hmm. And it's the, I'm so hurt they call the doctor. But I'm going to push the doctor off. And then when I get, and I mean, you laid on the ground for two minutes. You were in so much pain that when the doctor touched the area where it hurt, you gesticulated and yelled like it was bloody freaking murder. And then when you get back and don't get me wrong, people have come back from getting taken away in a friggin' stretcher and they've come back to have their matches. This match is not two guys that are exhausted and one guy getting carted away and saying, no, I'm coming back. We're going to finish this. That's not what's happening here. We're talking about a guy that's completely fresh And another guy who cannot move. He's in so much pain. Then he gets in the ring, keeps getting hurt, midsection pain. Oh, my God. Taped ribs. Oh, it hurts so bad. Then after not being able to do a reverse fireman's carry to set up his move, which is basically Sammy Guevara has a move called the GTH. It's the reason why he calls it the GTH is because the go to sleep or GTS is the move that CM Punk uses. When Sammy's in the Indies, he does an inverted fireman's carry, which is where you put someone over your shoulders. Sammy pulls them over on his shoulders on their back. So their back is facing his shoulders. Then he flips them over and knees them in the face. It's the go to hell or GTH. Sammy has to pick up a 223 pound man several times he tries it and he can't do it. Oh my God, the pain, the pain, the pain. The doctor's already come and seen you. You have gone through a table. And this is not a pay-per-view match. I can't suspend my disbelief that much. I just can't do it. I hate this kind of match. I hate this ending. I hate it. I didn't like it when John Moxley fought off the entire inner circle after getting his body beaten for three weeks straight. And then getting beaten up through the whole match to eventually win. But that's a pay-per-view. Right. So you give it to them on a pay-per-view. This is a TV match. It's no. Just no. So they were trying to sell that he is tough and durable, um, but it was just too much for you. Yeah, he oversold it. Yeah. He over-egged the pudding. If he had just sold that he was hurt, gotten up, walked around the ring like a good, I'm walking it off, I'm walking it off. The doctor keeps walking up to him. He's like, no, man. And then Jay Lethal gets frustrated. Hey, man, get back in the ring, that stuff. You can get the narrative that he's walking it off and they're giving him way too much time. I get the argument. I do. But what happens is he's down now. This could almost be a no contest because 
how much the doctor spent time with him and touched him and blah, blah, blah. They've oversold this position. I just think they were, you know, they were listening to you and just had him outside on the ring with the doctor during the picture in picture. You didn't miss anything. No? Okay. That's fair. <laughs> Let's just say that that's what it is. They needed something to cover for the picture in picture. I'm fine with that. No. Mm-mm. No. No. <laughs> They oversold this and they, they, they've over, they overdid it. And because they overdid it, it takes me out of the ending of the match. I See, understand that. He can't get him up for the GTH, the GTH. Then he tries again, can't get him up for the GTH. Now he's done plenty of great moves. He did a standing Spanish fly. He's done moves that are legs. Yes, there's core involved, but it's just the kind of thing that you can get away with. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You can just get away with it. But then, rather than if he'd have transitioned into a, a, a submission, if he'd have transitioned into anything else, I mean, he did a couple of a knees to the head. If he'd have transitioned into a, a knee to the, or a kick to the knee, and then another, like, I don't know, a, a, anything else where he knocks him out, uses a different move, other than one that has not been able to be used, because you're so sore. So further into the match, after more and more damage, you now can do it? It really bothers me. It's because if it had happened where he couldn't get him up at the beginning of the match, but at the end of the match, he guts it out and gets it. It was literally 60 seconds, not even, 45 seconds earlier that he couldn't do it. And then he took more damage, and then he could do it. What? What? I understand. It ends my it, it ends my immersion, and I cannot stand that. I did like that they um, the inner circle came down, and um, Sammy and Jay Lethal shook hands, and uh, Chris Jericho raised Jay Lethal's arm, and so did Santana or and or Ortiz. I don't know which one is which. Um, I, I thought that was a good like. It was good. It was a nod to ROH because when you have a championship match in ROH, you hug or you sh- you shake hands with the guy that you, whether you won or lost, because it's ring of honor. Yeah. So you shake hands in the beginning, you shake hands at the end. It's a big deal. That's why you do it. Yeah. So I thought, you know, I thought it was I'm, great. I'm with you. Um, I don't think it bothered me as much as it bothered you, but just just don't to each their own. Sell you know? it that hard. Don't sell it that hard. Like, you want to sell your foot and your move doesn't involve your foot or you have to go one-legged off the top rope? Awesome. Do that. But if your move involves you deadlifting a person onto your shoulders. All right. Don't sell your ribs. All right. Yes. It, it's, it's infuriating. It's not realistic and it bugs the heck out of me. Yeah, it was fine. I thought it was fine. You didn't enjoy it. It's fine. Okay. All right. So uh, let's let's do the closing thoughts. Do you want to you want to go into another segment, or you just want to do it like we did last week? Oh, we could do it like we did last week. I Sweet. think that's fine. Let's do it. Alrighty. I thought it was a good um, a good show. Uh, I didn't really have too many complaints. Um, I, I really like the Dante Martin Leo Rush match, and I know I sound like a broken record when I say that, but I just think that 
that's a good record to break on. It's just, I mean, Leo is high flyer and so is Dante, but it's different. And uh, the acclaimed are really good as well. So both sides were just, it was just, that's what wrestling, for me, that's an enjoyable match. Any time, any, any day of the week. So I enjoyed that. But it was a good show front to back. Didn't I don't really have any complaints. Maybe one more women's match in there would have been all right. But it's fine. Absolutely. I'll tell you right now that if I was going to give this, um, if we're going to, if we're going to rate this or give it something, mm -hmm. it, it, it's a middle of the road show for me. And okay. the only reason why, the only reason why is the main event's ending was garbage to me, but that's, that's whatever people like it. People love that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm not going to be mad at them for that. Yeah. The other thing is, yeah, there's not enough women's matches. Yeah. It, it was, I mean, Hikaru Shida and Nyla Rose was a good match. I won't say it wasn't because it was a good match. But you had an MJF promo. This is a post-pay-per-view show, which I've, I've got no problem with. But you got a debut on a post-pay-per-view show, which is where you get Jay Lethal, which is good. Mm -hmm. And then you get setting up a new storyline when you get Hikaru Shida and stuff like that. But you've got Red Velvet and Jade Cargill on Friday night, on the one-hour show. Right. That doesn't get as many views. Why not put them on this show? I would not put them on this show. Um, that would not be where I would put them. I would leave them on Rampage, to be honest. I don't think it's going to be an entertaining match. I, I really do not enjoy watching Jade Cargill try to keep her top on the whole time. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. So, but, you know, um, any of the other women wrestlers that yeah, aren't even in have the to tournament. Be, it didn't even have to be for the tournament. Right. It could have been a four-minute match. It it been, exactly. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be ten minutes. It could be a five- to six-minute match. Um, maybe two of the ones that are, you know, being bumped up a little bit, like um, the one that just fought with Britt Baker um, that everybody thinks is scary. I can't think of her name right now. Ty Conti? No, the scary one. Oh, Abaddon. Abaddon. Have Abaddon go out there. Put her more on television so people don't freak out when she is on television. That's good. Yeah, that could have been good. You know what else could have been good? And I'm, I'm going to say this. Maybe maybe open the mat, Maybe open the show with Hikaru Shida and Nyla Rose. Have maybe. them be the first match. Sure. Or, you know, put... Um, Penelope Ford. Where's Penelope Ford? Yeah. How is she all over the place? One week, two weeks, and then she's gone. We could add Bunny in another match. We could add Bunny I in I don't match. even need Bunny. Bunny I'm was saying out they there. Been, they could have been in a tag put match together. Some, put Abaddon out there. Put Penelope Ford out there. Put other people out there. Just a five-minute match. Take out MJF and CM Punk. I don't know. Put them on Rampage as a promo. Maybe get people to watch Rampage. Well, I mean, it's post-pay-per-view, so MJF had a win. So him doing a victory lap. Then cut yeah. out the other one. Let's see. who He had two promos. The little video one that came from the pre... Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you cut. Make it smaller. Have CM Punk come out quicker. I'm the best. Don't have Sean Spears talk. I mean, there's ways around this. Cut out a couple minutes here or there from other things. Uh, maybe move a wrestling match somewhere else. Put it next week. One that doesn't really matter all that much. And I have another women's match out there. Yeah, I'm not against that. Five minutes. Not against that at all. 
I think it would have been nice. You know what would have worked? If Danielson Uno had been moved to Rampage. You could have done Danielson Uno on Rampage. You could I have you could have satisfied that was, yourself. That was a good match. It's unfortunate it was the first one for because that would have been my match of the night. It was good. I it was a good it. match. It but was, yeah, but Dante Martin followed that, so let's be honest. I mean Dante Martin, let's be real. Leo Rush and Dante Martin and the Acclaim, that's you know, four amazing wrestlers in the ring at the same time. You can't beat it. I love me some evil Uno, um, but he doesn't outdo four amazing wrestlers in the ring at the same time. Uno is not four. Uno is not four. No, he is one. He is one. Hence his name. Yes. I'm just saying. (laughs) Anyways, it was a good good show. Yeah, two Adam Cole promos in a one with Kenny. Yes. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Like, Kenny should have been, that should have been. There's a way. There's a way. Yes, there's absolutely a way. Yeah, another women's match. Again, it's a middle of the road show for me. I don't have a problem with the show. Thought it was a good show. So you would give it a three out of five dynamites. Ooh, three out of five explosions. <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? Three <laughs> out of five explosions. <laughs> Explosion! <laughs> that's, not, that's not that sound. Of pew, pew, pew. Totally wrong. Ooh, I'm going to give it three out of five. Five pew pew pews <laughs> for my cowboy shit. Oh my goodness! Pew pew pew. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> Three out of five pew pews. Fantastic. Pew, pew. All right. <laughs> With that, tell them the things they need to know, Adelaide. All right. If you have any questions, comments, anything at all, and you want to share with us. Tell us we're right. Tell us we're amazing. Tell us we're wrong. Tell us we're terrible. Tell us what we can do to improve or tell us that we don't need to improve at all. You can reach us at wlwlpodcast at gmail.com. If you are sitting around wondering what you're going to do with the rest of your night and you have plenty of energy to read, feel free to buy my book. Zuh. There's two of them. I'm a writer. <laughs> <laughs> and the website for that is www.adelaidelory.com. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you listening and your patience and everything that you've shown us. Um, this has been fun so far, and I hope that it continues to be as fun. So thank you. On behalf of Adelaide Lori, my name is Javier Augusto. This has been yet another wonderful episode. For me. (laughs) Of we like what we like. Pew, pew, pew. Yay!